yep, yep. I don't know if you want to do anything special at the beginning. Nah, nah, nah. Just my presence is special <laughs> enough. A Long Way Up is an English television series which debuted September 2020, documenting a motorcycle journey undertaken in 2019 by Obi-Wan himself, Ewan McGregor, and his boy, Charlie Boorman. Uh, They go from Argentina through South and Southern America to Los Angeles in the United States. Guess what, Mr. Fink? What? This show is a follow-up to 2004's Long Way Round... Where the pair rode from London to New York, and then 2007's Long Way Down, where they rode south from John O'Groats in Scotland through 18 countries in Europe and Africa to Cape Town, South Africa. So this new one, Long Way Up, when it debuted on Apple TV, I was like, first of all, number one, it's Obi-Wan. Number two, it's a 4K show on Apple TV. Number three... They are driving electric motorcycles, which, if anybody knows me, I'm all about EVs. I actually have a YouTube channel called Saying Goodbye to Gasoline. Pump it, pump it up. Where I have all the talk about electric vehicles that you can handle, including my own Tesla Model 3. So if you want to check that out, go over there. But you know what? I think, if I recall, Mr. Fink was the one who told me about Long Way Up. When it came out, is that, does that sound familiar or am I making this up? Uh, nope, I don't think you're making it up. I think I told you – I don't know if it was right when it came. Um, oh, wait. No, 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 no. It was because you suggested to me, I think, the other ones, the uh, oh. Long Way Down and Round nice. um, back probably a decade ago. And then I brought it up to you with this one. Um, but it's – this – yeah, this is, this is right up our wheelhouses yes. combined, I would say. Yes. Where I, I mean, I don't, I don't dislike the EVs, but I like the motorcycles more than I like the electric tech, which is cool. Which I, but I just love motorcycles. So this one, along with the last two, are probably my favorite. Mm, there's actually a couple other motorcycle documentaries I might like more than this. But as far as recently, it's probably my favorite motorcycle doc, even motorsport doc. There's a couple F1 docs up there that are better, I would say. But this one with Obi Wan. When Qui-Gon Jinn came in, and then I couldn't even handle it when Darth Maul, well, and then especially when they had the motorcycles, and they're like, oh my god, the pod racers, and they switched over to the pod racers, I was like, wow, this 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 documentary is, is wild. I um, lost it when that happened. Yeah, no, and then then there was like this little kid, and he was like, oh my god, the midichlorians, and then fucking got burned alive, whatever, it doesn't matter, just, I digress, but... This documentary, I loved it, and it was it was built made for me to like it. It had yes. Ewan McGregor. It it was along the same lines, the exact same lines with a twist as the last two documentaries. And what was cool was how much time went by, and also made me feel a little old because I watched the second one. You said it came out about two thousand seven. I probably watched yes. it like two thousand eleven or twelve. And they both look well. Ewan McGregor doesn't look much older. He's looked. He's looked like the same. He he might be sixty five or twenty eight. I don't know. It's hard <laughs> to tell. Um, Charlie looks a little rougher, and you you and McGregor kind of talks about that. He was like seeing his friend all beat up from crashing and stuff. He's like, we need to do this before we can't do it again. Um, but those are my initial thoughts. We're gonna go deeper, but I had an initial question for you. 
Do you know who this Charlie character is outside of these documentaries? Because I do not. No, I, I, didn't, I didn't want to look it up. Yeah, I hadn't heard of him until um, in the documentary, they just showed a couple of his like movies that he was in. Um, I don't think he's that famous. Like If you look him up on Wikipedia, the thing that he comes up most no- known for is he's a motorbike enthusiast. He's Ewan McGregor's friend, and he was in these documentaries. Ah, uh, so he's he's probably just a like kind of a probably writes here and there or whatever, does some blogging or videos or just hey, he's Ewan McGregor's friend. Yeah, so maybe I think that's he's enough. like he's a you know like a working actor, but not you know anybody that we would know. He's not somebody like super famous like Ewan McGregor. Yeah, Apple Apple probably paid him a little out of that little budget they got <laughs> with um, all this good content that they're creating and pushing out. And this one is right up there oh, with yeah. the other ones we've talked about so far. But you know continue what? on, my friend. You mentioned Ewan McGregor's age. Did you know he just had a kid yesterday? His third one, then I assume. I was, no, I, I did not. Let's look up. Yeah. Let me, and let me get the it was with another famous actor. Uh, wait, it was... Uh, oh, I don't know who it is. Tell me who it is. Tell me who it, it is. It is... From Scott Pilgrim, Ramona Flowers uh, herself, Mary Elizabeth Rona Flowers. Weinstead. You know what's weird? It says, <laughs> I'm looking up Ewan's uh, marital history here. He was married in 1995, got divorced in 2020, but it says he's been partners with Mary Elizabeth Weinstead since 2017. Mm, well, I guess we found out why he got divorced <laughs> in 2020. <laughs> Yeah. So I guess what Obi Wan crossed over with Scott Pilgrim. Also, All what's right. crazy about that is they were both in that Black Canary or not Black Canary, um, uh, Birds of Prey. They were in that Birds of Prey uh, DC movie together. He played Black Mask, and she played Black Canary. So I was like, oh, I guess they met on that movie. But if that if this 2017 thing is true, they've been they've been together for a mm-hmm. while. But anyways, they just had a baby, and he's 50 years old. That's why I brought it up. Well, hey, he's still kicking. And uh, Birds of Prey, uh, best DC movie? Question mark. I you know if you include Dark Knight, if you put those in there, Batman if we Begins, if we if we control for Dark Knight, I'll even keep Batman Begins and Joker in there. Birds of Prey, best DC movie. Yeah, I would say Shazam is, is like, fun. Actually, I'd put Birds of Prey and, and Shazam up there, but, yeah, that was that'd probably... Yeah, it's mostly just one. a hot take. I just really like Birds of Prey, and when I watched it, I was expecting... I heard people say, oh, it's pretty good, it's pretty good, and I watched it, I was like, no, this thing is probably the most fun I've had on a DC movie since um, Batman Begins Dark Knight and um, Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, they don't have so. a lot, you know, to go off of, but... Probably the first Wonder Woman, maybe, and Aquaman. Oh, yeah. Had, Wonder Woman's are pretty good. And Aquaman was entertaining, too, Yeah, it but, has some fun yeah. to it. But, yeah, I'm I'm a big Ewan McGregor fan. So when, when he was in there, when they said, all right, there's another one of these things. Because, yeah, I'm kind of like you. I saw those original ones. But at the time, it was not as easy to find them, to track them down as it is today on on streaming networks and you know, online things that we have back then, if you didn't catch it on, I don't know what it was on BBC America or whatever. Yeah, it was, exactly. I had to find it on a, a DVD because my cousin was actually a huge um, Ewan McGregor fan. And she's like all into British stuff. Like she loves British movies, British TV shows. So she told me about the original Long Way Round. 
And then after that, I was like, oh, dang, they did another one in 2007. And then now when you told me about this new one, I was like, oh, shoot, these guys are still going. And they added a new twist to it, having the EVs, the electric uh, motorbikes. So that added um, another element to the actual documentary of, you know, the other two, it's all about their friendship and, you know, the traversals and the trials and tribulations of going through these road trips. Now you have that. As well as, all right, we got to find charging stations because yep. these there's not like electric. There wasn't charging stations along their route. They had to actually partner up with, um, was it Lucid or it was Rivian? A Rivian? Rivian. They had to partner up with Rivian to get number one these special um, trucks SUVs, to Rivians yep. that were not even out at the time, and I don't even think they're out now. Um, as well as the Harley Davidson electric motorcycles that were not that like they had to have all these stuff custom made and they had the chargers put in all along the way. So to me, that was like the most fun besides seeing how old they are now. Like, okay, my body hurts and I got to deal with all this stuff. Seeing how are they going to find electric chargers was the most fun part for me. Well, yeah. And even with this whole doc and those aspects of this in the, the first two is just the constant logistical challenges from just those EVs to then transporting all the equipment oh, yeah. and, and, you know, right. 70%, I, I guess it was two, they had two Rivian trucks and then I think a gas sprinter, yeah. a gas motorcycle, two electric motorcycles, something in that ballpark. But then each one did have its own problems that, were kind of unique to electric, but also, hey, when you're traveling like 14,000 miles or whatever they did, it could happen to gas. But, you know, when they're getting a tow from a semi-truck on their SUV because it charges by turning the wheels, that's really that was really cool to see. Yeah. Um, or it was kind of, you know, th- th- I wouldn't say, they definitely ha- are the first one to kind of go from the tip of South America to L.A. because they, they, they definitely have done the best um, and probably the only ones to really attempt it. But they definitely at times were like, all right, we got to bring in a diesel generator <laughs> right. to charge our electric motorcycle. But they they were probably, I, what, 90% of the time it seemed like they they, was, they just got to points where they couldn't do anything about it. Right. They were hundreds of miles away and, they're, and they go, all right, well, we have to bring in some gas now. Yeah. Um, but even in those cases, there weren't even many gas you know, gas right, stations. Right. So there was nobody, yeah. you know. Because I was going to say, even even when you're doing a trip across the United States, it's you're, it's, you're kind of hard-pressed to find electric chargers across the United States. And so when you're doing it in other countries that are not as developed or, you know, don't have as much resources as, as the United States, it's even, you're throwing another, like, wrench into it to find all of those things. So... I thought that was interesting um, as well as it would be hard for you to even just do a gas road yep. trip. Um, it, it was 13,000 miles from Argentina to L.A. So putting that on and, and they did it. It wasn't like, OK, halfway through. All right. We got to give up like this was too hard. You know, they actually finished. Um, and I actually missed the last episode of the show. So was there anything in the in the last episode that was like really interesting to you? Oh, yeah, yeah. The last episode was kind of where it's hard to say they cheated at the end. They basically <laughs> got to a point in Mexico where it was so dangerous and they were just like, OK, we have to time us to drive between these hours and the chargers are here. Um, 
this is this is just going to be ridiculous. And they're like, well, we don't want to just give up here and ship away. So they're like, all right, well, here's what we'll do. We'll, uh, we'll buy a local bus and convert it to look like a bus you can just drive through town undercover. And they put the motorcycles up inside the bus. They had, like, little bunk beds in there. And they took a bus kind of the through – oh, hey, hit a shredder. <laughs> just started shredding paper. How about that? Um so they, they built a bus kind of thing and brought it up through Mexico hundreds of miles to where it was safe, and then they kind of drove the remainder of the way. But even that process was super cool where they kind of go, all right, we're going to bend the rules here, but this is going to be this is gonna be real interesting to watch them essentially source a local bus, source local uh, metal fabricators. So Dang. that's another you know story of the logistical nightmares and creativity, and it's super, super cool how they, they bring like 20 locals in <laughs> to build a bus i mean they get a bus they revamp it they paint it they put a platform on top of it they make a ramp that slides out from the back of the bus so then the the motorcycles just zoom up right into the bus um all for essentially safety of the whole thing i mean, they're like this is just gonna be the easiest way to do it versus you know transporting all these vehicles through these towns um and then they get to la and they have a big meetup uh or or organization of tons of local bikers get together and they zoom together, you know, across the finish line. They oh, finish nice. it out, and you know, all of you and and Charlie's uh, friends and stuff are there. So the last, uh, you know, you you've missed something because every <laughs> inter- every every episode is interesting, but it was along the same lines of like, hey, another logistical challenge. Oh, they overcome it. Oh, you know, and the finish was great. So okay, um, yeah, I need to. Finish I suggest that. finishing it though. You know, easy easy fifty minutes to watch for sure. Yeah, I'm definitely want to finish it because. My wife and I both were enjoying the series all the way through, which is why I wanted to talk about it on Seasons Change with my boy Fink. Um, but I also wanted to um, get Fink's take on it as well. And one of the things that was my, I would say, my favorite moment in the entire show was when Ewan McGregor confidently strutted out and was like, hey, watch this guy. <laughs> uh Anyone seen uh, Star Wars? <laughs> <laughs> like everybody's like, what? I don't know what you're talking about. Like, it was some. Uh, was it South America? It was some. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, Tiny yeah, yeah. town in South America that, no, and you'd think Star Wars is so like you know pervasive in the in pop culture that no matter where you go on the planet, everybody would know Star Wars. Uh, uh-uh. uh there's Not many place. places that I'm sure they just don't get movies. They don't get you know, American pop culture. And this was one of those places. So when all the, and he was expecting everybody to be like, ah, now he did. There was another moment in the show where somebody was like, ah, Obi-Wan. And they got like, like a ton of people went around him and were taking pictures. Yeah. That, and that was, that was at uh, Machu Picchu. Oh they yeah. Right, yeah. Right. They essentially had a like mob around them, yeah. but he's, he's a really great spirit throughout yeah. the whole talk where he's like, oh yeah, sure. I'll, you know, and I've only heard those stories about it. It's like, oh, he's really seems to be really nice to work with. Um, yeah, and takes the time to you know talk to everybody. And you see it a couple times. He's in a small like bodega kind of thing in I think Argentina or Brazil, and it's a small like CRT TV mounted yeah. up. And he's like sitting there like going through candy bars, and he looks up and he's wait. I think I'm in this, and it's like, and it's some, and it's some like trans. I, I think he's speaking Spanish in like the movie. Yeah. It's from like 15 years before. He's like, oh, and he's like, it's coming up. My part's coming up, and, and and you know, you can only tell like 
one or two people no one in the shop i think knows who he is but they know there's cameras around then they see him up on right. this tv and they're like oh my gosh <laughs> and one lady like gets his autograph she's like i'll tattoo it on my ribs <laughs> yeah so it was, it was kind of along the same lines of where you know a couple people probably knew he was famous or knew it was a big deal because you see big expensive vehicles and all that um but they're still kind of like uh you know i wear you know, I think most people in the United States are going to recognize you and McGregor just from from Star Wars to like Black Hawk Down. Like your da- your dads and moms, boomers are going to know who he is. Oh, that's the guy from Black Hawk Down mm-hmm. to you know Star Wars to uh, Birds of Prey and what a, what are the what are the good Ewan's um, Train Spotting? He was big. Oh yeah, like, oh yeah, that was a big one for him. Um, I think that uh, Moulin Rouge that was a big one, um, and then he had a couple like um, romantic comedies that people liked with Renee Zellweger and. Um, a couple other ones, but I feel like you'll see him too, kind of in that Birds of Prey role where it's like, oh wait, oh he, oh Fargo, Fargo. Oh yeah, right, right. Yeah, right. yeah. And that was recent. Yeah, and that's where you see yeah. him. It's like, oh, he showed up again, and it's like, oh, he killed it again. There goes you, <laughs> and yeah. have a good one, man. And then you see, and, and this whole doc, it's so enjoyable to watch both these guys, um, where it's they're both big motorcycle enthusiasts, yes. and yep. you can tell they've put real miles under the wheels but they but ewan's clearly an entertainer like yeah, this guy is right. a you know a an a level top tier actor and which means you can probably you know sing dance whatever all the above yes. all these things and you see him busted out every once in a while and you know he could ham that up way more but it's mostly in this doc series is about the motorcycles it's about the tech it's about the logistics and it's about like the friendship between charlie um and ewan um you don't see him ham it up really for the camera very much at all. I would say I'm sure there's some strategizing and all that, but like strategic conversations. But there's no being ridiculous on camera, obviously. Yeah, and what you were saying, um, I also like the technical aspects of how they filmed on like GoPros on their helmets and on the bikes, and thinking about in my mind as I'm watching, I'm like, oh shoot, how did they get that shot? How did they get that shot? That was also another thing besides the the EV stuff thinking about how did they actually get a lot of the shots was interesting to me on a personal yep. note. And I will also say from a motorcycle enthusiast note, yeah. I've, I've ridden the base model of those Harley uh, electric vehicles that they, um, well, electric motorcycles. They had like, well, th- th- first of all, they're pretty, exp- I mean, I mean, it's over a $30,000 motorcycle, which is a very expensive hey. motorcycle, but, but I mean, there's other, uh, there's a lot of Harleys that are 30,000. I mean, a lot of really high end Harleys that are $30,000, but Anyways, I digress. They had them at like a Harley de- a Harley dealership, and me and my buddy, they're like, "Hey, you can t- come test drive it." So we both drove them like five, five, six miles, and uh, I mean, they're they're great, they're awesome. I mean, I just I'm like, oh, "This is awesome." If I had millions of dollars, I'd buy one right now. But uh, it was more of a give it, you know, ten, fifteen years, a um, and the, you know, whatever the economies of scale, all that comes down. But I would also say, I th- they they kind of reference it in this doc. About you know, I'm surprised that motorcycle tech hasn't come as far as car tech. Yeah, um, which I am kind of not as surprised in, in in the way of a motorcycle to me is already a pretty efficient as far as if you're going to have a combustion engine vehicle mm-hmm. to move bodies, motorcycles are already I would say head and shoulders above uh, efficiency in the sense of like using resources from. Even if you don't count the gas, which is typically better on a motorcycle, mm. just think about like the metal, the rubber, the oil, the oil, all the all the aspects that go on to build a car versus a motorcycle. Right. Motorcycles are already in the direction I would say of a more green vehicle compared to cars. Right. So I just don't think there's been as much of a pressure to be like, 
wow, these cars, there's a whole lot of metal to build this. It's like a motorcycle is 400 pounds. A lot of times you blow a motor up, you can rebuild it yourself. There's not a lot of technology around it. So in general, there's just less resources required to upkeep a motorcycle on a high level for a long time versus, you know, a car. A lot of people's cars are broken. Right. I mean, they shouldn't be, but they're gone in three, four years, even right. though life should be about 10. You know, yeah. most people are recycling through them um, because they could be breaking down. It's, it's, it's you know, $6,000 to replace the transmission. A motorcycle, it breaks. You can rebuild an entire motorcycle, a very high-end bike, for 800 to to $1,000. Mm. So there, that's that was more of where they're like, oh, I'm surprised it hasn't gotten to that level. I just don't think there's been the pressure of like, oh, we need to evolve this and that. The motorcycle community is like, no, our stuff is highly efficient. It's, you know, you can buy a bike that can outperform a Porsche or a Ferrari for $5,000. So that's part of it too, I think. But now that because the car EV tech has been moving along, I think the motorcycle tech is being able to uh, piggyback a little bit um, and basically just grab the batteries. Because I think, I think th- that's what it is, is getting a battery in, in a motorcycle size, right. um, you know, 400 pounds versus you don't have a thousand pounds and four wheels and all that to work with. So I think that's been there. Yeah. Held back looking, a little bit too. I was looking at the live wire, um, Harley Davidson. Yep. yep. Um, I almost specs. called it a spark, but <laughs> the actual, um, speaking of the, the weight and the battery, it adds 150 pounds to it. Cause it's 550. On that's the, a pretty heavy. Yeah, yeah. It's a pretty heavy bike on the specs here. Well, so, what's, what, what other, uh, what's that MSRP on that? Does it say it said 20, um, like exactly what you said. It was, yeah, twenty nine thousand. Yeah, so I mean that's a that's a that's an expensive. I mean that's a high end bike. That's not unheard of. Um, I would. Say, I mean, the problem is is that's what you can almost get a Tesla for. Yeah, right. So that's the value is if you're buying that at this point, you have the money. Like you're not buying that Harley yet because it is better than right. you know the motorcycle next to it. You can kind of say that with the, like a Tesla because a Tesla is low 30s i mean if you're not getting too much added on to it uh a lot of comparable cars are that i can go out and buy a very high-end harley right now gas for seven thousand dollars so it's one of those things and and give it 10 years though if if they come out and they have a bike that goes 500 miles because most motorcycles can only go about 100 to 150 miles and you have to stop a lot as soon as there starts to be batteries that go three four hundred miles Although bikers, you're gonna to want to stop and rest more. I think that's will be a, that will be a tipping point for riders because they're like, wait, I I don't need to stop every 90 minutes. Um, that I've actually was thinking about that hard on my rewatch. Yeah, so that that is an interesting um, bit of information that I was not aware of. So I'm glad the motorcycle enthusiast Fink is here um, to give us all of this excellent information. But yeah, that was um, I think. Overall, the documentary was just a really interesting and entertaining um, journey to see how they went, you know, 13,000 miles, 13 countries, 100 days, uh, just to see that. And you kind of feel like you're part of the trip also. It feels like you're on a road trip with these guys and you're going through it. Um, Just you don't have to, you know, suffer a lot of the physical and like, oh, man, this sucks having to go to sleep at this time and, and not have a bed or or we got to find a charging thing and being anxious and scared that you're not going to actually have a charge. And they actually had a bunch of, like, close calls and, and moments in the show where it was like, oh, shoot, are they actually going to make it? Like, they don't even know if they're going to make the boat that's leaving and, like, getting across, you know, the um, the places that they need to get across. 
So I I found all of the drama aspects of it interesting. I, I found all of the um, you know the the banter between the friends and also catching up because they hadn't spoken to each other for a while. I guess um, what's his name Charlie? He got hurt and Ewan had yep. reached out to him after that. But there had been a gap, and that's you know that's just life. Sometimes your friends you don't dislike them, but you just fall out of talking to them for a while, and then you come back and it's like. You didn't miss a beat. You're like, I've, I've had friends like that before where it's been 10 years and I talked to them. Oh, shoot. It's like we were just talking to each other last week, just the way that it, you just pick up on the conversation. So I felt like I was there with those guys on this journey. So that also was fun for me watching this uh, documentary. Yep. And they did a really great job of conveying like what it was like being on a road trip. Yes. And they describe it with. You see the landscaping change around change around you. Like they start out at zero degrees, ten degrees, you know, twenty below in the windshield when they're actually moving to seeing desert to then going up fifteen thousand feet. And they do a really great job of conveying that in the documentary. And I got very much Anthony Bourdain vibes from Ewan Ooh, yeah. in this one with the kind of verbal diary over yeah uh going through an area kind of describing what they're feeling and their thoughts and if ewan wrote all this and itself i mean that's exactly what anthony bourdain did i assume ewan did i mean it seems like these are his thought him and charlie's thoughts um but it's of the same vein of seeing different cultures kind of thinking about certain things how influencing your personal views of the world all that it's like they step through those thought processes um so i got definitely got some old uh bourdain vibes from mcgregor on this one yeah so that was cool um as well so that's i think that's going to wrap it up for a long way up right i keep saying a long way it's just called long way up that's the title of yeah the show. down round and up yeah. long way down round and up all three of them i highly suggest I am agreeing with mr fink on that one and i also i forgot to mention this as well i also liked all the theme songs they they basically have the same theme song but they just replace the up round and down yeah so I, I like that it was i guess a, a welsh group called the stereophonics uh, but i liked all the theme songs of each show and i think you're gonna like them too so mr fink and i recommend long way up Actually, I'm going to throw all of them in there. Let's let's throw the trilogy. All of them. In yep, there. that's an easy one. Do a do a you know a two week binge on them. About thirty thirty ish episodes. Yeah, long way round, long way down, and long way up. So, I think after this recording today, me and my wife are going to go watch the last episode of Long Way Up, my friends. But if you want to go a long way, you can go over to Mr. Fink's Twitter account. And you can follow him. Uh, what's the Twitter account, Fink? The Twitter account is Finkel Who. You're going to spell that. You're going to go over to your uh, your keyboard there, the little <laughs> typey type. F-I-N-K-L-E-W-H-O. Finkel Who is where you can find all that good, good. Mostly just road trip pictures. And I, we didn't even deep dive into my personal connection to road trips. I mean, I've road tripped oh, about 35,000 miles over the last year. That's and right. you can see some of those pictures on Twitter. Um, you know, leave a review wherever you leave reviews. This is still 
in the infancy of our podcasting days, but we're starting to get our strive. We do need to put a spoiler tag. Oh, yeah. On some, <laughs> I, I actually was thinking about that the other day. I was like, damn, anyone turning on the first – this one doesn't – this doc series doesn't really matter on the spoiler stuff. But some of those early ones, I'm like, man, I could see someone listening to this and be like, yo, fuck this shit. <laughs> and then turning it off. But um, follow the Twitter. Keep on listening, guys. We're going to catch our stride. We're catching our stride. Last few episodes I've been really liking. Yeah. We both do so much stuff. We'd actually be releasing more. But we're actually out there. Boots on the ground. We aren't... Yes. We aren't just influencers talking about stuff. I have read thousands of pages yes, of comic books yes, this this week. Yes. I've watched tens of hours of TV shows. Yes. Multiple. I don't even know what movies I've watched at this point. I've. Oh, I also have a nine to five. We are <laughs> fucking out here, boys and girls. And Justin, Justin's out. Here. I can't can't talk about what he's doing his top fucking secret. <laughs> there's so he's much, out here. There's so much good content in the world right now, and we just want to consume all of it as well as continued to get paid so that we can feed our families yep yep but i want to thank all the listeners for listening to seasons change and like fink said we are hitting our stride we're going to keep on keep on keeping on we're going to put out you know keep doing these weekly episodes and keep talking about all the great television that's coming up and there is some good stuff coming up on um all of fx hbo you know I'm seeing a lot of good stuff coming up on TV-wise, so I'm very excited on what's coming out. But that's going to do it for this episode of Season Change. You can catch uh, Fink on Twitter, uh, Finkel Who. You can catch me, Vactor. That's just my last name, V-A-C-T-O-R. And um, I think you can, no matter what podcast player you're listening to us on, you can subscribe, you can like us and review us, give us you know some type of recognition on those things including on Anchor, which is where we are hosted. You can actually leave us a voicemail, and we can play it. So far, we haven't gotten any voicemails, but anybody want to recommend a show or talk about one that we've talked about already, you can leave us a voicemail, and we will play it right here on Seasons Change. That's it, buddy boys. We're out. Fred's done.